This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. This is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Rob on from Sterling, and our topic today is busting myths about background screening in Latin America. Haven't talked about this, um, and I've traveled all over Central and South America, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Rob, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Sterling? Sure. Um, thanks, William. Okay, sure. so I'm Rob Jones. I am very recently uh, been appointed the uh, head of uh, LATAM for Sterling. Previously was um, the executive director of Socrates Limited, which is a recent acquisition of Sterling. Um, I've been effectively working in the screening industry for around about 20 years um, and have um, quite a lot of experience of both managing programs and living and working in South America, most particularly in Brazil. Oh, nice. So Socrates Limited, what 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 was the, I mean, obviously it was acquired. What what was uh, what was its offering? Yeah, so um, until the acquisition, Socrates was proud to be the largest independent screening company in uh, Latin America. Three, oh, cool. three operation centers, one in Mexico, one in Colombia, and the largest operation center in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. So you could cover Central America with Mexico. Colombia with the rest of Spanish speaking Latin America and in Brazil uh, the Portuguese uh, if, is... if effectively so yeah it yeah, was good smart. to have three regional offices well and and what I mean, at least my understanding this is historic so you can kind of correct me on this but the Brazilian market equals the totality of the rest of of Central and South America well maybe not Mexico but South America so it's like you you can have offices in uh, Argentina or Chile or, or, or wherever, or Bolivia or whatever. But really, if you capture the Brazilian market, you've, you've, you've captured South, you've, you've captured South America. Is that ish yeah, true? Fair, fair enough to state that, you know, obviously Brazil, by whatever measure you want to, um, applies the, in the top 10 economies in the world. Right. It's definitely largest population center in uh, South America. And, um, yeah, so economically, it's the powerhouse in in the region, along with Mexico. Right. And if you if you if you're successful in Mexico and Brazil, obviously the rest of the countries, while important economically, they you know the the totality of the rest doesn't add up to right. either Mexico or Brazil. Yeah, and it's it's. I love Brazil. Uh, obviously, uh, the Brazilian football, but also just the country itself. They're, they're super warm, super approachable people. It's just a it's a fascinating place. If if you haven't traveled South America, it's just all of South America. I found it to be very warm and and comforting. Um, however, we are dealing with myths and busting some of those myths. So. If, if, and especially in today's world, um, because of COVID and everything else, um, we're hiring people from all over the world. We might not have looked at Latin America as a talent base 
maybe because we couldn't screen or thought we couldn't screen. I've, I've, I've had people tell me that before historically, like especially around creative tech talent or technical talent. Mm -hmm. So what's, what's, what's been your kind of the, the myths that you've kind of, as you built the company and as you're now forwarding the, the, the stuff for Sterling, what's been some of the myths that you've seen about, you know, all of, of Latin America? Yeah, so that's a great question, and we could probably spend a couple of days discussing that. <laughs> um, so I think, I mean, there are some general principles which don't really just apply to Latin America. They apply to international screening generally, right? right. The first first off the top of my head being that, you know, it's it's much more expensive. It's much more time-consuming. It's illegal. Um, you can't rely on the quality of the data. Mm -hmm. um, the data requirements are completely different than they are for domestic screening, which which obviously is to a greater or lesser extent true. Um, but I think the the important thing to state is that you know we're we're talking about individual nations, right? So there's 33 countries in Latin America, 12 in South America, and you can't be general. You have to be specific to the requirements that might exist in each of those countries and examine what is and isn't possible in each of those countries on a country-by-country country basis. Um, screening, the screening market in Latin America is probably 10, maybe even 20 years behind the US screening market. Right. So there are still companies that don't really understand what is involved um, and what is and isn't possible. And it's very important, I think, to look at what's what what is the purpose of the screening and why is it being done? Um, and to look at it in the context of the in-country environment. Right. Um, so I guess it's not really busting a myth so much as, you know, be, being informed and understanding the the local market. I mean, obviously, the two main countries, as we've already discussed, are Brazil and Mexico, but there's also a myriad of others and different challenges and different issues that exist in each of those locations. You know, that's the, the, the three things that you mentioned more, but the three things that I've gotten feedback on expensive time consuming and the relying on the data i've got i've gotten that from multiple people through the years that basically throw their hands up and say it's just not worth it and yeah. and you know maybe historically i could kind of see that but with the talent global talent market it's like there's pockets of excellence in all of those countries like there's just some great i mean i've, I've got i know some folks that are great creative agencies in Chile and in um, Santiago and in Buenos Aires and Argentina um, and Colombia, there's a creative team or creative kind of, you know, it's like there's these pockets everywhere, not just, I mean, just Brazil and Mexico, but all of Central and South America, there, there's these pockets of excellence and talent that, you know, we just need to, A, find. So that's, that's a sourcing thing. Good. But we find them. Once we found them, then, then kind of, getting over ourselves and saying it's worth it to actually mm. screen them. And then I think that that, that applies then for you is like, okay, what's possible 
in if we find okay we found somebody let's just do an individual we found someone in rio de janeiro and we want to hire them they're a java developer you know mm-hmm. we, we we found them we like them we now you know we've maybe we've interviewed them going back and forth there like them and all that stuff kind of the matches there what's the what's the process look like all right so first of all i echo your comment i mean it's not just there are pockets of talent there's you know there's talent everywhere right right we 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 the region is lucky enough to be broadly speaking in the time zone same time zone as north america and there are extremely well qualified individuals um who have graduated from prestigious local institutions that have great qualifications and great work experience um so i mean i would i would encourage anyone that's looking for talent to look to latin america to fulfill those needs um so to specifically address your scenario where you have a java developer living in rio de janeiro um so let's let's look at it in a in a straightforward uh context you'd obviously want to check that individual's education and employment qualifications um which is entirely possible and entirely acceptable and entirely normal you would probably also wish to validate that there are no um reasons why that person would not be a suitable fit for your company and it's also reasonable um, with a number of caveats to perform um, a criminal check on that individual. Uh, perhaps that person is going to have uh, access to sensitive financial data of customers or other employees. So you may wish, also wish to consider running uh, a credit inquiry on that individual. And perhaps not, not first and foremost, but first and definitely foremost, you would probably wish to validate the identity of the individual before you even started the background screening process um, in the first instance. So one of the things that I think I've gotten myths-wise through the years around uh, all of Latin America is it's, it's, if you're going to screen, if you're going to go through that process, it, it's, it, it might not be digital. Uh, but again, like you said, it, you know, we're it could be a couple of years behind in terms of com- the process, et cetera. Uh, and maybe the speed isn't as fast as maybe what you're accustomed to. So first of all, let's 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 deal with that. What have you found with you know both with what all your work with with Socrates and your work with Sterling? What do what do what do people th- what do people talk about when they think about you know digital and also speed? All right. So. Um... There's no uh, such thing as the the work number, for example, right. in Brazil. So the the thought of performing an instant employment validation or an instant education validation doesn't doesn't exist. Right. But by the same token, uh, employers are becoming increasingly sophisticated, increasingly able, and willing to provide um, employment verifications. Um, although it, it is important to have the facility to contact those employers in local language because most people in Brazil don't speak English, they only speak Portuguese. Right. And the same for uh, an education verification. In Brazil, there's a new program, which is actually a government requirement that 
universities start issuing uh, digital diplomas, oh, which, cool. can, which can be validated online right, and, right. and immediately. But of course, you know, that's not something that's being applied retrospectively. So we have the same conversation in 10 years time, education verification will be a lot more straightforward than it is right now. But for the most part, you know, one is required to contact the educational institution. Um, and I'd also recommend on that note that the legitimacy of the education institution is validated at the same time. Um, obviously, that's a, a problem everywhere in the world with um, diploma mills and so on and so forth. Right. Not a specific issue for Brazil. So, so one of the things is you you mentioned uh, localization. Uh, mm -hmm. So what happens in Bolivia uh, might be different than Peru, might be different than Argentina, might be different than Colombia, etc. So this is also a reason to work with uh, a company like Sterling that already has a presence that has a, kind of a, an understanding, maybe even boots on the ground, that understands how things work. And I'm, I'm using countries, but it might even be more specific to the regions uh, within those countries in terms of how things actually get done. Is that that's about that, correct? That's absolutely perfectly stated. The, the For example, the, the requirements, the data input requirements to obtain a criminal check in Brazil are completely different than they are in uh, Mexico, than they are in Colombia, than they are in Argentina, so on and so forth. So, you know, there is no one-stop shop, one one ID requirement that would allow you to run a criminal check in each and every one of those countries. And I think, to your point, it's really important to be using a provider that understands the local environment, understands what is and isn't possible, understands the data requirements, because the last thing a candidate wants or a, a, a prospective employer wants is for a screening company to come back to them five or six times for additional materials, which right. is one of the reasons why we have this myth that it takes ages to run these checks in, in our countries. Um, and uh, and also uh, an enterprise, and perhaps this is most important, that's familiar with um, the local laws and is compliant, not just with those local laws, but also other laws that might apply, um, including, you know, GDPR, if it's a right. greener, or uh, the relevant laws that might exist in other countries around the world. Have you have you been asked through the years, have you been asked, been asked uh, the easiest versus the hardest in terms of uh, all of Latin America? In in terms of which country is the yeah. easiest? Yeah, um, Well, I think each and every one of them has their um has their advantages and their right. advantages. I mean, for example, in Colombia, um a criminal check is something that is is I won't say it's easy to obtain, but by accessing the three main sources of records, um, which are all available online, it's possible to do a, a, a very comprehensive criminal check quite quickly. Um, and in some other countries, um, for example, uh, Argentina, not so much, right? And <laughs> and and in in Brazil, um, public records are uh, public, criminal records are public. But to perform a nationwide criminal search in Brazil, you'd need to research literally more than a thousand 
individual sources because the court records aren't consolidated. That's uh, fascinating. You know, uh, as you were mentioning the uh, the screening site, is there either now or in the future a product that's de- that's designed for candidates um, in terms of, you know, they've already been screened, you know, like they've already got, you know, here's my criminal background credit, you know, here, I've already got my little suitcase of screens and I can then apply to jobs and things like that. Is it, am I just, am I just dreaming about something like that? Well, I think I think there's a lot of people dreaming about that, not just <laughs> Latin, but on a global basis. Right. Um, you know, the the thought that a a candidate or an an individual, either through you know blockchain or through another method, could have validated credentials and validated certificates. I think it's it's the future for screening, not just in Latin, but globally. Whether or not Latin is at the forefront, or whether it's a laggard, is another another discussion for another day the 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 two the two problems that that doesn't solve however are the problem of the records that change right so it works right. well for for education it works well for previous employment but it doesn't work so well for um criminal other types of adverse findings for credit etc cetera, etc cetera. so i still think i i think there will always be a need for um, local expertise, local knowledge, and a and a screener that has the coverage for the part of the world in which the check is being performed. One of the things I saw at, at HR Tech this last uh, year with a lot of the folks in in the kind of the screening industry was more of a movement to kind of an uh, ARR, MRR, um, uh, a recurring product for monitoring, uh, you know, post. So we've talked about pre-apply or even during the uh, pre-employment uh, phase, getting to know that candidate, et cetera, and understanding risk associated with candidates, et cetera. But I've seen a movement with, and you've probably seen the same movement with screening uh, companies going further into the organization and putting up products that are that are more geared towards employees to kind of keep track of, of any of these changes. Again, to just kind of managing risk uh do you see that uh, first of all do you see the world kind of the same way and, and the second part of that is have you have you been asked about that as it relates to uh to latin america yeah so i think on a general basis absolutely right you 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 rightly identify this is about managing risk and if you wish to manage risk effectively you have to consider you know your employee population or your supplier population as something that is not static right so it's all very well having a a gating requirement so you, you know you don't get in unless you've passed the background check but then there are all sorts of elements that could affect somebody somebody's or a a company's suitability to continually provide service um in the latam context i think in this is very much in its infant infancy although the way that some of the tools that Sterling is lucky enough to have at its disposal kind of lends itself to continuous monitoring because, you know, if one is to examine tens of thousands of public records once, that's great, but one can do it periodically. Um, perhaps there's an added value to that process. Um, so I do, I do think it's coming, but but again, 
per our previous discussion, I don't think that LATAM is going to be at the forefront of continuous monitoring in the right. in the in the near future. Well, and, and the more we digitize everything, uh, Latin America in, included, uh, the more we can the more we can do uh, things like that. So we'll obviously start now, as you as you talked about degrees and and uh, and kind of we'll, we'll start that now, but we'll retroactively go back and digitize uh, databases that were you know previously uh, there, and it'll make it easier. So the future is bright. And I think that's one of the things, the reason for the podcast today was kind of just to talk about Latin America as a talent base, as a talent pool um, uh, for talent. And, you know, again, if you work with a company like Sterling, you you can make screening work in Latin America. Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been wonderful. Thank you, William. I appreciate the time to talk to you today. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com. 